Hi, welcome to The Caption Life. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about DC Comics' current run of Batman Incorporated, and we're joined by two of its creators, Ed Brisson and John Timms. And in this episode, John tells us what sport he absolutely loved playing in college, and Ed also shares with us that there's this one activity he absolutely loves doing, but when people watch him do it, they don't believe him because he looks very angry for some reason. Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer. From one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at Caption Life. You can also find more episodes and information at thecaptionlife.com. So today we're going to talk about a current series out now from DC Comics called Batman Incorporated. The first issue was released in October of 2022, and issue 7 just dropped earlier this week. I've been lucky enough to write some issue reviews of this series for Comic Watch, and I've absolutely been enjoying reading it. If you're not familiar with Batman Incorporated, here's the official description from DC Comics. From the pages of Batman comes an all-new, all-exciting adventure for Ghostmaker and his Batman Incorporated team. The team's trust issues and detective skills are immediately put to the test when someone from Ghostmaker and Batman's recent past is brutally murdered. Is this an isolated event, sending a message to the two of them, or is this a start of something darker and more sinister? Hint, it's sinister and dark. I thought it would be great to have the creative team of this series to come on the show to talk about Batman Incorporated, and they graciously accepted my invitation, so I'm excited to have them on the show today, Ed Brisson and John Timms. Ed is a comic book writer who has written many series such as Comeback, Murder Books, Sons of Anarchy, Secret Adventures, Batman and Robin Eternal, TMNT X-Files Conspiracy, Dead Man Logan, and many more. He's also been nominated for Joe Schuster Award for Best Canadian Writer several times. And John Timms is a Costa Rican comic artist who has worked in animation and comics. His work includes the short film Vita, which won the Best Animation Award at Anime Fest in Puerto Rico, Young Justice, and was also nominated for the GLAAD Award for his work on Harley Quinn and Superman's Son of Kal-El. Ed and John, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right. I'm doing good. You? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you both coming on the show. And I, I have to ask you, uh, for Batman Incorporated, your series has been the first time I've actually ever heard of this property. It sounds like it's something that's uh, been in existence before, has been written before. But I want to ask the two of you, uh, when it came to writing Batman Incorporated, was this something that you uh, were like excited about because you read them before? Was this just kind of proposed to you? Or, or, or what was your origin story with coming into to writing in Batman Incorporated? Uh, it was a bit of both. I had read Batman Incorporated when it originally came out. Uh, I think it was 2011 and 2012. There were two uh, two runs at it. I think each lasted about 10 or 12 issues. Uh, and there was a bit of it in Grant Morrison's uh, Batman and Robin. Uh, I was a big fan of it. Um, but it was uh, Ben Abernathy, our editor, who sort of uh, came to me with the idea of a uh, new Batman Incorporated team that would be run by Ghostmaker rather than uh, being run by Batman because we're going to take Batman off the board for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how it came to it. It's a pretty boring story, but uh, it's <laughs> the truth. No, that's no, that's great. That's good to know. And how about you, John? Uh, well, uh, to be honest, I I just know the the newest characters on the series, like uh, Clown Hunter and uh, Ghostmaker. 
Mm -hmm. And I remember doing some commissions at, at conventions that people asked me about Knight and some other Batman Incorporated characters, but I, I, I didn't really know who they are. So, But I was really interested uh, on working with that kind of outcast characters, uh, mm -hmm. not, not like the characters you're used to, to, to work with, and to work with it, that uh, I really liked uh, what it was doing at that moment. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Well, um, before we start diving into talking about uh, your run on Batman Incorporated, one of the things I've been wanting to do, and you two are actually going to be the first people I, I, mm -hmm. I um, am doing this with, actually, is uh, I had a recent conversation with a friend of mine where we talk about how a lot of times with social media and like how things are presented, like we're sometimes kind of locked into a specific uh, niche or we're only kind of known for like one thing. And so what I'm hoping to do with this show is as I have comic creators like yourself come on the show is kind of talk about something that you're passionate about that's outside of comics. And so I wanted to ask you to uh, outside of comics, what's something that you're very passionate about that maybe might surprise people to know, or, you know, if, if you couldn't do comics, what's, you know, something that you would love to work work on um, that or just be involved with if, if you didn't have the opportunity to do comics? Before uh, I was working on comics, I always liked sports. Uh, I, I, I did a lot of uh, uh, football here, uh, football soccer. Oh, yeah. Uh, when was, yeah, when I was in the university, it's one way to pay my studies because I play with the university team. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that was my life before getting into comics. Then I studied... Uh, graphic design and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, sport, I always love sports and, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and now that I'm a little bit older, I, I'm just riding bikes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What, what yeah. position did you play when you played football? Uh, goalkeeper. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, yes, I play with the national team uh, a few times. Uh, well, the, not, not the main, but the sub-20. Um, gotcha. When I was... Uh, very young. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> How about you, Ed? I honestly don't know. Like before I got into comics, uh, you know, I used to work as a, I was a creative director and graphic designer for a health and safety uh, organization yeah. that uh, worked with the film industry when I was in Vancouver. Um, I'm not sure that that's something I would run back to if I was, uh, <laughs> if comics, uh, ended tomorrow. Right. Uh, but I honestly don't know, like the things I like to do outside of comics, it's really like, I like cooking a lot. Uh, there you, you know, go. I do a lot of cooking here at home. Yeah. Uh, we moved from Vancouver to Halifax. So other side of the country about five years ago. And, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we used to eat there or my whole family's vegetarian. So they, it, uh, Vancouver is very good if you're a vegetarian, you know, yeah. lots of stuff. Halifax, less so. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I had to, uh, I used to work as a, like a short order cook and, and I did a lot of cooking in restaurants when I was in high school and college. And so I sort of picked that back up and, uh, yeah, I really enjoy doing it. I don't like, I enjoy the food. Like it's you, if you saw me cooking, you wouldn't think I enjoyed it because <laughs> I'm a very angry cook, uh, in the kitchen. Like nobody can come near my space. But uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. That's awesome. What, what's your uh, what's your favorite dish that you like to make? Oh man, uh, I don't know. Like uh, I make a lot of stuff. There's a the one thing I like to make that's uh, that um, 
I, I don't even know what we call it, but there's uh, there used to be a restaurant in Vancouver called Shallon that no longer exists, and they had a uh, uh, fried cutting noodle with tofu and vegetable was what it was called on the on the menu, and it was just a sort of a this hand uh, sheared noodles with uh, with this sort of like uh, really heavy garlic chili sauce mm-hmm. uh, that was tossing. It was really good. So I, Spent years trying to replicate it, and because the restaurant's gone, I have nothing to compare it to. And because it's five thousand kilometers away, it, it, you know <laughs> when it was around. Uh, but I've come close to replicating it. And I think that's a, the one dish I'm sort of really uh, proud of and like making uh, quite a bit. That's awesome. I, I got to tell you, I'm 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 like starving now just hearing you describe All it. Right. it. Sounds really good. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. Well, um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Batman Incorporated then. Uh, what was the inspiration or influence behind creating this series? Because the way I've described it to people, the way it presents to me is that it's kind of like a um, superhero Mission Impossible style kind of story. And, and that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love it because there's because the way it starts out is that you know the team kind of goes into different areas of the world. And I remember there's a I think there was an issue zero or something where they set up Batman Incorporated. I can't remember if, if the two of you worked on that or if that was something uh, else. The Batman Annual for 2022. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that they set that up basically. And so um, so I really enjoyed that kind of style of um, of storytelling here with, the, with that Mission Impossible kind of feel to it. Um, but I want to ask you too, what was the inspiration or influence behind the way that you two created this series? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I think really like um, the thing that attracted it uh, me to the book and and the idea originally was that you know uh, I think that Ghostmaker is such an interesting character mm-hmm. uh, you know he's he's a, canonically a, a, a psychopath <laughs> um, but he's he's a lot like Batman and, right you know they're very similar in a lot of ways but it's like what if Batman was extra dickish all the time right like what, <laughs> what if he was a real prick and uh, you know they're just starting from that and and, and sort of building out I like this idea that. You know, you can't exist like that without having these sort of like uh, these secrets in your past, these things in, in your past. And I wanted to sort of bring because he's also a character we know very little about. And that was a cool thing about taking it, uh, taking the book on is we don't know a whole lot about Ghostmaker. And we don't know a lot about Clown Hunter, which are kind of our Batman and Robin, really, for the book. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought it would be a really fun uh, exercise to sort of like pull some stuff from his past, uh, you know, have his own past come back on him where, uh, you know, he had sort of tried to cultivate this very efficient and very um, almost like a, a perfected Batman and really wanted to show that that's not the case, right? You can't, you can't leave that many bodies uh, on the field without uh, creating a few enemies. Right. And uh, as, in terms of like Mission Impossible, it's funny because I've heard that a few times, but I just... <laughs> That's just what happened when, when we started writing. <laughs> that was that wasn't the intention at all. <laughs> no, I love crime stuff, so I just really wanted to build some sort of mystery, but make it feel really big, you know. And uh, and thankfully, you know, we have John who uh, who is so great at that uh, and making things so big and 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 exciting and incredible. No, for, for me, I, I love the, the way uh, Ed set up the whole story because it, it was uh, the dynamic of throwing things happening all over the place and then sealing back to the team getting together. Mm-hmm. I really like that that kind of, of, of dynamics. So the, the whole team dynamics happening 
literally all over the world at a fast pace. I love it. I really love it. And now that everything is more or less settled down, I really like how, how it is working, the character dynamics. Mm -hmm. Because it, it's always, I, I will not spoil anything, but uh, <laughs> it's always ha happening that... Uh, in a team, you, you are more related to one character or other character, and suddenly you realize that probably they are different than you think. So all that kind of stuff is really, really cool. And yeah. I, I, I really like um, setting up uh, uh, origin for um, uh, Phantom One, Ghostmaker, uh, all that kind of stuff is really, really cool. Yeah. I, and I got to say, I um, like I said, this is the first time that I've ran into any of these characters and I find it very fascinating. And just like what both of you said, what really hooked me into this issue was that first issue where they're sent into those very different locations to find out these murders that were seemingly connected. And I don't think I've ever seen that uh, kind of story in a superhero comic before. So that's what really got me hooked was because of that murder mystery aspect, like everything um, that really issue one sets up. And then the way it resolves by the time you get to issue five was just phenomenal in terms of character development and story development and everything. And just how everything ended up being connected a lot more than you realized from when you started issue one. And I absolutely love that. So I, I'm glad to hear that that was some of the things that you two were excited about. Cause that's really came off the pages for me in terms of what made that story really exciting. Um, in terms of storyline, was there any kind of storyline for um, the run that you wanted to include, but ultimately got scrapped for whatever reason? Uh, maybe at the... Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think there really was. Um, I think, you know, if anything, you know, I... It would have been cool to like. I would have been great to have like another issue to dive more into the the sort of Phantom Ones uh, teammates, like their whole history. Yeah, uh, but there was nothing really that I think we it was scrapped. I think it was kind of what uh, you know we had a rough plan going in and, and stuck fairly close to it. Uh, having that many characters is definitely like a, a tightrope walk throughout the entire thing. But mm -hmm. yeah, I can't think of anything. Um, no, there's nothing. I, I think, you know, I, I think it was pretty clear from when we jumped in. If anything, I think we like discovered more things going forward with some of the characters. And uh, don't ask me on the spot what those were. But, you know, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I think, you know, like, I, you know, we did a bit more, you know, like Phantom One, there was more stuff there, I think, than originally uh, I had planned. Uh, I think I was originally we we're going to keep them a little bit more vague, but then I wanted to give them this kind of nice, rich backstory. Mm hmm. Right. It, it, and, and speaking of, was it difficult, um, both from a writing perspective and from the um, art perspective, to have so many characters that you have to develop in these issues? Because, again, with Batman Incorporated, you're dealing with, you know, eight characters on the team alone, you know, not to include the villains that they ran into and other characters, but you had to like develop those characters and relationships and, and those kinds of things. Was it a challenge to be able to do that issue by issue? Did you feel like by the time you wrapped up at least the, the first part of the story that um, you were able to hit everything that you wanted to do, or did you just find it, it you know, the, I, I know Ed, you had said that you wanted to develop more into uh, Phantom one, which that was a, 
I love that character. There is so much uh, that I loved about that in terms of the backstory and everything. But with the uh, Batman Incorporated uh, team, was there any kind of challenges in terms of writing sufficiently? So you got all the details in, but gave everybody kind of like their equal uh, balance with uh, their time on the pages and and developing their story um, for the reader to be able to enjoy and all that. Yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, it, it's fine. It, like, it, no, it worked, but it's definitely like I think for I think for some people like coming into the series, they're they're not going to be familiar with um, Ghostmaker or or Clown um, Hunter, even though they've been in the Batman books and they've been around for about a year. Right. But I know, like, I did, had run in some people who were just not familiar with the characters because for whatever reason they hadn't read a comic in a year. Or what? Whatever it was. So the, I felt like in the first issues, we gave, you know, uh, Ghostmaker anyway, a lot more space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it definitely was like a challenge to kind of make sure everyone felt like they were getting enough screen time. Right. Um, I think we did a, okay by the end. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think the biggest challenge for for this is like, and I, I every time I would hand off a script, just feel guilty because, you know, there's... John had to design how many new characters? I don't know, like <laughs> almost like 10 new characters or, say, or something in this first arc. Um, and it's not getting any better. Right? There's still like so many more characters to come <laughs> that you haven't even seen yet. Uh, on, on the art side, is, uh, I'm happy that uh, it's, it's a little bit of a nightmare because <laughs> on the art side, I, I'm feeling that I'm getting um, more used to the character after. To, to all the characters after uh, book five, mm-hmm. uh, because it happens when you have so many characters, you forget something is not drawing the right way. Uh, there is a lot of little mistakes that uh, probably Ben Ben Abernathy, our editor, could tell you that uh, I, I sometimes upload like five versions of one page because I I, I just realized that something on the costume of the character is not, not right, so I just came back. Ben, I just uploaded <laughs> a new... Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Just <laughs> let it go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's complicated to keep it... Um, um, uh, steady and uh, in the right way graphically, but mm-hmm. I, I love, in the other way, having all... Those those different characters uh, playing around and everything is is really cool. Awesome. Well, which uh, since you had to design a lot of new characters, John, which one of the characters that you designed that you absolutely loved how it came out and, and working on? Well, the, the, the first two ones, uh, Grey Wolf and, and Phantom One, uh, those two I really like. Yeah, I, I have to say. I absolutely love Grey Wolf as a character, both from a story perspective and from the art. Like, I I don't know what it is about that character in terms of the artwork, John, but I just absolutely love seeing him on the page. I I think the reason being one of the reasons is that, you know, the way I describe this series for people who never heard of it before is I, I tell them it's a. Um, it's a Batman comic about a team of Batman that doesn't have Batman in it, basically, right? So if you so if you want to read a Batman story that doesn't have Batman in it, like this is a great story to do that because it has all those elements of of um, the Batman character in it. 
But Grey Wolf was just so fascinating as a character because, you know, he's um, I don't I, I escapes me what the term is. But, you know, he's kind of like a hybrid, like human wolf um, character, if I remember correctly, from, you know, an experiment from Lex Luthor and all that. Um, but just his story was profound. His presence on the page was really cool because, you know, first of all, his head is basically a wolf, but, you know, he's noticeably taller and bigger than everybody else and just has such a presence whenever he shows up that I just, I, that is my favorite character of this whole run by far is gray wolf. And and honestly, I would love to see more gray wolf, whether it's in Batman corporate or if he gets his own, you know, spinoff series or something like that. Cause I think the backstory, um, because correct me if I'm wrong, I think, again, it might be Batman annual, um, where we kind of see a lot more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just a fascinating story. And I remember after reading that, I'm like, I just wanted to learn more about this character and everything. So it was definitely my favorite character of the entire series. So I'm glad to hear that. That was your favorite character. I hope I'm not going to bum you out by telling you that it's not, he doesn't have a wolf head. It's just a mask. This is just a yeah. mask. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you'll, it, see, <laughs> you'll see him in issue eight without it. Uh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, it looks realistic. It looks like a wolf. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a great design. I, yeah. I'm so pleased with it. It's so yeah. great. No, and, and that's good. And I'll be honest. I'll be first person to say that when I read from issue to issue, like sometimes, sometimes I want to just read the trade paperback because I have a hard time remembering what I just read the issue before. So I'm always iffy on the details of like, oh, what was it that happened last time? So yeah, it, it does surprise me that I was totally off with with Gray Wolf, and I'm sure like there's so many other things no, I, I took completely off with characters too. We haven't <laughs> seen him without his mask, so you know yeah. it, it, it's it's fine to assume. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I read mostly in trade because I can't remember month to month. I like I keep lobbying for comic publishers to put a previously in in like, yeah. just in the opening, just so I can remember. You know, like I my memory, my brain is Swiss cheese at this point. I can't remember. Yeah, they definitely uh, need yeah. to have something like that. That's comics because it just I know they technically have that in like that one paragraph, you know, page that they have sometimes. But even then, it's like you don't remember all those details that leads into this current issue as well, too. So sure. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm glad to hear that you're you suffer from the same fate as I do as well. Um, but I'm really excited to hear that, you know, we're going to see a lot more with, with Grey Wolf. And um, I think in the run. This um, issue number seven, which spoilers for anybody who hasn't read this issue yet, because I know it just came out last week. Um, but I think this is the first time that we've seen Ghostmaker take off his mask. Is that right? At least in this run? No, no uh, he, he just take a little bit off the mask, but not too much. Issue three or something. But uh, it, uh... Yeah, issue seven is the first one where we see him fully without his mask. But we in, in the Batman... Uh, issues that he had been in beforehand. Uh, we do see him without his mask uh, when he's hanging out with Bruce. Gotcha. Yeah. But not, uh, he, uh, he only takes his mask off around Bruce. I think there's only four or five people who know who he really is, what his uh -huh. identity is. Right. Because I think um, that scene where he takes off his mask uh, in issue three, where he takes it off a little bit to yeah. drink, uh, he's drinking water uh yeah <laughs> he, uh, he originally i had him take it off and then ben mentioned that like he wouldn't take it off around uh i think batman in china was there and he's like he wouldn't take it off around these people so right yeah issue seven he's alone and that's that's the only reason he's taking it off gotcha that makes sense <laughs> awesome so um my next question for you is what's been 
fans' reactions to the series that's made an impact on you? Like, what have you been hearing from some of the fans um, that have been talking about the story that you that really has had a profound impact on you, or just like, oh wow, like you know, that's, that's you know more than I could actually you know imagine in terms of how the story came out and everything for the fans. Uh, I would say, like, actually, a lot of people seem to have really like uh, uh, glommed on to. Um, Grey Wolf, I was kind of surprised at how many people seem to really be into Grey Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very excited about that. And the amount of people that like have reacted to Phantom 1, uh, I've seen some Phantom 1 uh, fan art that... Uh, <laughs> That uh, is, uh, you know, is great. And I've seen some other Phantom One uh, fan art that is uh, him being shipped with other characters, which has been uh, something I have not been uh, exposed to before uh, with fan art. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's been really cool to see the the reaction to, you know, especially because these are characters that John and I brought into uh, into the the book. And so to see people reacting to those two characters has been pretty great. Mm hmm. John, how about you? Uh, well, uh, the thing that uh, got my attention more on these uh, few conventions I, I went this year uh, before is that uh, people came with with the whole. They, they are really uh, interested in the whole story because sometimes you you sign one uh, issue of Harley or something, but uh, here the uh, people came with. Uh, the whole issues, uh, one to five. Uh, I really like the story. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that uh, it happens. Uh, uh, people really like how, how it's going, uh, especially the story and, mm-hmm. and the characters and Ghostmaker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really feel that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I will say that, um, like I said, there's a lot of things I love about the series. It's, it's hard to narrow it down to one, but one of the things I absolutely loved is how you all juxtapose basically what was happening with um, Ghostmaker and his team being attacked by Phantom One and his team, but how I forget who it was. I, I don't know if it was Grey Wolf or somebody else, but somebody pointed out the hypocrisy about how they're going after Ghostmaker, but they're not going after Bruce Wayne. Even though essentially they were, you know, guilty of the same thing from what they were accusing Ghostmaker of, right? And I I thought, like, it was really interesting because I remember at one point, I remember thinking, like, something's, like, off about how they're attacking Ghostmaker with that. And then when I read that, I was like, that's why. Like, that's because there's this sense of hypocrisy that's going on where because of who Batman is, they kind of give him a pass. But because Ghostmaker is a little bit, you know, of a um, more, you know, violent, let's, you know, let's kill everybody as much as possible before he joined the team, right, um, kind of mentality that... I remember reading that and I thought this was a great way to kind of set up. It's kind of that multi-layered storytelling they always try to go for is just pulling that out and, and exposing that part. And what I loved about the team is when they get, you know, confronted with that, they just kind of, you know, we're silent for a few seconds and like, we don't care. We're still going to go after you anyways. And I just, it wasn't the response I was thinking, but you know, I think having the the pause in there with the art that you created there, John, I think really set up to where, you know, obviously they're caught like red handed in that sort of uh, flaw of of thinking and everything. But you know, at that point it's just like, they're not going to back down. Right. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, it's just there's so much to love with the series from from all the mystery that goes into it to you know trying to solve the murders to um, all the connections that you didn't realize were happening behind the scenes, and then just like what you said earlier, Ed, I I think it would be so great to see more of the backstories with the other characters from Phantom One's team because it seems like they have a lot of um, commonalities with Batman Incorporated that it could be a larger team, it could be more impactful almost if if they can kind of get through that. Conflict conflict and everything but yeah i mean this story as a fan myself like i just thought it was it was just an amazing story from the story writing and from the art um there's just it's one that i would have never picked up if comic watch didn't ask me to review it and since i reviewed it i'm like i i'm sold on this This is one of my favorite stories coming out of dc comics right now um so i'm so glad that comic watch asked me to review it um just because i didn't know you know anything about batman incorporated and then when i read that i was just like this is like just from the first issue on the ground it just hits the ground running and i absolutely love it and and i can't say enough great things and i hope you two are really happy with how it comes out it sounds like a lot of fans are really enjoying it as well too um, so I just want to say this this is a great story. It's definitely one that I keep telling people about that if you haven't heard about this one, definitely check it out whenever you can because this is a good one. Again, especially if you want a Batman-like story that doesn't have Batman in it, it's a great one because it's, it's, a, it's a fun one to – Get to know new characters because I think you know when we when you look at DC and Marvel and some of the other publishers, you know we obviously have our characters that we absolutely love, but it's always nice to have new characters that we haven't had before. And these are a set of new characters that you all created that I'm absolutely loving just as much as some of the other characters that's been around for years and years. And so again, Gray Wolf is always going to be one of my favorite ones from this series because I think his story uh, is fascinating. I think his you know design and and his art is is fascinating as well. Well, too. I absolutely love that. Awesome. Thanks Thank a lot, you. man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask you all a question. And I don't know. I don't know if you know the answer to this just yet, um, but I want to ask you this question because this is something in my reviews that I, I'm still trying to pin down is when I'm looking at the lettering for Clown Hunter, his lettering is vastly different than everybody else, and I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if you two have any insight on that, because when you look at everyone's lettering, it's pretty much it's similar. But his, is, I think, is all lowercase. It looks like it's all bold and even a different font type. And I can't quite pinpoint like why that is, if it's supposed to be because he's younger or if it's because he's trying to like do something with his voice that the other members aren't doing. Like that's the thing that always points out to me. I'm like, I don't know why his lettering is different from everybody else's. Uh, that's a holdover from all his appearances in Batman. Okay. That was the, that was the case. And I <laughs> believe. And I hope to God, I don't get this wrong. And people come after me, but I believe it started after like a massive head injury. Okay. Uh, which is kind of what set him down this path. And that's why he has this. So I'm assuming that the implication that that something has happened to his voice. Gotcha. Um, okay. But yeah, that's uh that's uh pretty much since his first appearance in, um, I can't remember Batman one Oh three or something like that. Right. Right. Uh, I probably got that way wrong, but anyway, <laughs> it's somewhere around there where he first appeared and, and he's always had the lowercase lettering. Right. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that was just, again, I, 
You know, I, I never really noticed these things until I started like doing reviews, and then I started picking up like a lot of the subtle things that I wouldn't have read uh, picked up if I was this casual reader. And like that was one of them. Like every issue, I'm like, why is this font always different from everybody else? Like I couldn't figure it out. So I figured since I have you two on, like I'll sure. ask the source. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pain when you're, when writing the scripts because Word always capitalizes all the sentences and everything, and so I have to go through and change it. And like Word always fights me on it too. It's like yeah. I'll, I'll change it to a uh, un- uh, lowercase and it'll change it back. And, <laughs> anyway. I bet. Um, I did have a couple of listeners who uh, wanted to ask you to a question about the series as well. Um, one of them is from Twitter. Uh, their username is Massiverse uh, CEN goes by Massiverse Central and asked, uh, and we kind of touched this uh, for you, John, um, but Ed, maybe you could share some light on yours as well, too. Which character have you had the most fun writing or drawing? Um, I know we talked about Grey Wolf a lot, so maybe uh, besides Grey Wolf, what's another character that you really enjoyed um, or that stood out for you? Well, uh, Ghostmaker, I love Ghostmaker, uh, draw Ghostmaker. I'm I'm feeling that at the beginning I was not not really, I, I don't really get Get him and I. I mean the whole details in the character, but now I'm really enjoying how, how to draw him. And of course, now with the new arc, uh, the Joker. I love to draw the Joker. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah uh, I can say that uh, I love drawing him. Is uh, very theatrical and everything. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the, two, the two main characters I, I love. Uh, and, and of course, Grey Wolf and uh, the whole new characters that are coming, uh, Bronco and all the, the new Joker Incorporated stuff. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Ed? I think Ghostmaker is my favorite to write uh, just because he is such a dink all the time. And <laughs> he's so callous that it's really fun. And it's it's cathartic to write his dialogue and to write his scenes. Um <laughs> You know, I like, uh, I, I've really been, you know, we, we talked about Grey Wolf, but there's like some stuff coming up in the, and the new issues. Um, this isn't really a spoiler, but Grey Wolf kind of goes out on a date in issue eight. And <laughs> it was just like a fun, nice little moment to write. And the, the thing I like about Grey Wolf is because he's so huge and intimidating, but he's really just this like, giant uh like overly caring sort of person right uh, like he'll, he'll mess you up but like and <laughs> that sort of like dichotomy is really fun to write for yeah. him I, I think it makes him really interesting to write and so he's like the polar opposite of uh you know you have ghost makers who are a real jerk and then and then and uh, uh gray wolf is just, he's just sincere all the time and uh, he's utterly sincere and and is uh like uh, a gentle uh, giant uh, yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's just a lot of fun uh to write those two characters uh, in a book together, and also I, I'll say like Clown Hunter, we've I've been sort of he's been struggling with some stuff in the in the last two issues, mm-hmm. and going into the next arc that is kind of, you know, uh, it's kind of been interesting just to, right to explore with him. Right, right, and, and I gotta say I think that's probably one of the reasons why I love Grey Wolf because you know I myself I'm I'm a really big guy I'm like six six. So I think I always gravitate to the bigger characters. Like some of my favorite characters are always the guys who are like my size. Um, but I, I, I love that dichotomy that you had that you mentioned before where 
it's because it's very much how I am. Like, even though I'm such a big guy and, you know, it looked like I could, you know, push some people around if I wanted to. I was never that way growing up. I, I played sports, of course, but I was that guy like when I pushed somebody down in, in football, like I felt bad and like would help them out <laughs> and all that. So um, so I think that's one of the reasons. Another one of the reasons why I love Grey Wolf as well, too. So I can I can see why so many people like that character and and uh, really enjoy him with that. So that's great. Yeah, that's I'm glad to hear that. Um, Ken from ODPH podcast had asked, what is your favorite moment in comics thus far so not just you know in, in batman incorporated but in the you know whole history of comics is there like a favorite moment that you've had that either you know you absolutely love or had like an impact on you or anything like that well for me well there is so many but uh, talking about comics in general at least to me that impact me in in um, in a good way was when sin city came out Mm. Uh, yes, that that really hit me the, the whole story, and uh, um, yeah, I, I think that that was, and I like it that it was in black and white and everything. So yeah, that that, that moment for me is it was important. That's awesome. I still have not read that actually, so I, I need to do that at some point. I know that everybody tells me I need to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely do. Sin City is on my very short list of my favorite comics. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, I think for me, the the one that was like most, uh, that impacted me the most is um, uh, I was I was reading Craven's Last Hunt as it was coming out uh, and uh, that really messed me up. I was pretty young when I was reading it. It really kind of messed me up because it was uh, uh, it was so dark for like Spider-Man uh-huh. and I think, you know, the, the, uh, the moment where I like felt like the earth shifted for me in, in terms of like what comic could be was like, I, I don't want to spoil the end, but if anyone's read Craven's last hunt, you know how that book ends. Um, have you guys read it? Craven's last hunt? I have not. No. Oh my God. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's put up a spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Craven fails at, uh, you know, he, his last hunt is he wants to take down Spider-Man and he fails. And in the last pages, he eats a shock. He basically blows his brains out no on page. And I'm like 12 reading this and it, you know, uh, it messed me, it messed me up a great deal, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, Oh, like, you know, I'd always been sort of, I always gravitate towards darker material anyway. Right. Um, and I just hadn't seen anything like that. And it just, uh, you know, no pun intended, but it blew my 12 year old mind. And I was just so, yeah. uh, so absolutely, uh, enthralled with it that, uh, yeah, that's, a, that I think is like the moment where I, I can remember just like standing up and just being like, what? <laughs> like, what? like just being so, uh, thrown by something that had happened in a comic. No kidding. So it was it more of, just the psychological aspect of he deciding to do that because he couldn't get Spider-Man or was it more like, I don't know if the art was graphic at all, but it was Mike Zek. It was, it was great art. Like he, all I can say is really just go read it. The whole thing is really, it's a really dark uh, Spider-Man story that that you kind of not used to. Right. uh, Seeing it was like 80 to 86, I think around 87, maybe. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's still, and it's one of those books that still holds up, uh, over time, but, uh, right. to read. the whole thing is very dark. It's very 
weird and psychological and really getting inside Spider-Man's head, getting inside Craven's head. Um, and yeah, just the way that it ends, which I uh, unfortunately just spoiled for you, but, uh, uh, you <laughs> That's know, okay. the, it's, uh, it's definitely uh, worth a read, but it's, uh, it messed me up as a kid and just sort of put me on the path to finding, you know, other books a little, you know, a couple of years later, you know, when I found, you know, I think I like the crow. I can't remember when the crow came out late eighties. And then from there, it's like Sin city and stray bullets. And that's kind of right. put me on the path to a lot of the stuff. I really like today still. Right. Which might explain why you think writing Joker's dialogue is so cathartic for you now. <laughs> do, do you get the inspiration when you're cooking? Like, because you're so angry when you cook, like <laughs> that's where the lines come from. <laughs> See, Joker's is different than Ghostmaker. Ghostmaker is like real, just like direct and like right. crappy. Right. And where Joker is just like, He's never saying what he really means, you know, right. and yeah, and that's fun to play around with a lot too. Yeah, yeah. I and and not to get too off topic, but um, in the latest issue with uh, Batman Incorporated, I love the scene where Ghostmaker tells Clown Hunter "Good job" <laughs> in like the most sincere way for Ghostmaker. Right? He's like, "I'm I'm told that I need to do this, so here you go." Like. So good job, you know, like I, I couldn't stop laughing when I read that whole page. It was just so funny because there's so much ghost maker and it's just so him trying to be sincere, but it comes across as very insincere. Like he's trying to do better. You know, it, it almost reminds me of, of like how Dwight from the office is like trying to be more of a people person in the aspect, but just miserably fails because he's not a people person, you know? I, yeah, so I, yeah, so I absolutely love that part. Um, in the latest issue with that, it's, it's so funny and I, I really enjoy that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're exactly right with, with Ghostmaker. It's, it's his character seems like for you has been a lot of fun to really, you know, dive into that and just kind of, you know, just have a lot of fun with it. So, um, I had one more. This is not a question, but this is a comment that um somebody wanted me to pass along to you, Ed. Um, and this is from a, a good guy on Twitter that I met. His name is uh, Grimace Wayne. He said, uh, and I had to clean this up a little bit. So his his full like you know quote is is going to be redacted here a little bit for the show. But he said, "Tell Ed his ghostwriter was effing amazing, and COVID can get effed for taking it from us." Hashtag justice for Brisson. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a big fan of your ghostwriter. <laughs> All right, we'll tell him I appreciate it. It'll always be the book that got away. <laughs> I, I, I'll let him know that. Um, <laughs> Well, I thought that uh, before we get into the next segment, um, I wanted to give you two an opportunity to, one, maybe talk about Joker Incorporated, if you want to, for people who um, aren't familiar with the series, hearing about Joker Incorporated, if you want to kind of tell them, like, what's coming up with that, just, like, what it is. And then if you want to maybe share, like, any projects that you're currently working on, if people want to, you know, check out any of the stuff that you're um, working on in addition to Batman Incorporated, if you want to, you know, give a plug into your work right now. Um, I, I thought I can, can give you that moment right now before we get into the next segment. So, um, John, I know you're you're not currently drawing on Batman Corporate. I think you're doing some of the the cover art, right? But you're not. Are you the main artist for the next for this one? Yes, for for the next next arc uh, from uh, eight um, until we call make it work. Okay, uh, from eight and <laughs> ongoing. Yes, I'm working now on on nine. Okay. Uh, it, it is already done. I'm okay. working on the covers. Uh, yes, uh, 
I'm crazy with night now. <laughs> okay. I'm doing, doing some other uh, just at night uh, projects, doing the the, co the variant covers for Chasam and some other stuff. But uh, main project is uh, Batman Incorporated, working on the covers and uh, interiors and everything. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, did you do issues six and seven? Because I thought they listed a different artist for that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Six and seven, yes, they give me the, the, the little break and then... Gotcha. Okay, I, I just want to make sure I, I didn't miss something on that because I yeah, thought yeah. there was yeah. a new artist on that. So, okay. So that makes yeah. sense. So you're going to be coming back to that. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that case, do, do you two want to talk about what Joker Incorporated is and, and what's coming up with that in relation to Batman Incorporated? Yeah, so the the premise was, I will say, like, you know, Batman Incorporated has been around for a while, like, uh, as a team. Like, the, the book was, you know, 12 years ago it came out, but there's still, as a team, they're kind of around. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of shocked that there hadn't been a Joker Incorporated. <laughs> and I think, I think when I pitched this arc to Ben, our editor, I literally just pitched it as, next arc, Joker Incorporated. Like, it was like... It's there. It's a lot of fun. But the, the whole the whole premise behind it is, you know, um, you know, Joker's belief is that Batman is nothing without the Joker. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, why does Batman get to have uh, fun by having his sort of Batman inspired uh, heroes around the world, which is, you know, in the old uh, Batman Incorporated series, it was the thing that Bruce Wayne finance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and help set these these uh, different Batman and women up, you know. So we've got Knight, um, you know, Gaucho, uh, you know, Jiro, Batman China, uh, Knight Runner, a bunch of them all around the world. Um, so it just felt like the next logical step is that there's going to be that Joker's going to set up Joker Incorporated, you know, and. <laughs> And place a Joker in every single city where Batman has uh, a Batman. Mm -hmm. And he's going to uh, really sort of push Batman Incorporated uh, to the to the very limits. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything uh, just yet, but right. Joker has a very specific thing that he wants Ghostmaker to do. Um, <laughs> of course. And he's, he's given <laughs> Ghostmaker a way to beat uh, Joker Incorporated, but basically it would involve him turning his back on Batman. Right. Um, and uh, he's sort of backed him and the rest of Batman Incorporated into sort of a moral corner. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we sort of built the story out of that. And, and I, I think I kind of know where that's coming from, because I think you kind of teased that in the last issue. A little bit. In. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's been reading will probably, you know, uh, not be surprised about what, what Joker wants, but, uh, right. right. Yeah. For those who, who are just jumping on in this arc, we'll, uh, we'll save the, save the, uh, reveal for them. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and now I think about this, uh, so, Issue six and seven was kind is kind of leading up to the Joker Incorporated story, and we got introduced to Professor Pig. Is that a new character that you all? No, Professor Pig's been around. Has he been around? Okay, uh, fifteen years or so. Yeah, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay, he, he, um, he even came out in Gotham, I think, on, on the series. And the oh, series. yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know I at some point I stopped watching it because I think it just got a little too 
weird for me <laughs> at one point. But yeah. um, but th- no, that's interesting. Like I would have to go watch that now. Now that you know, I, I've read him in this issue. I'm going to have to go back and watch that uh, episode that he's in and kind of see how they did that because I know they kind of. Had a lot of fun in doing their own interpretation of some of these characters as well. So I'm kind of curious to see how Professor Pig is different in Gotham than um, how he is in, in this run. But um, that that was a really interesting character, to say the least. And and I love that little uh, uh, play on like fairy tale uh, line that you put in there, Ed, with the uh, uh, this little pig is going to have roast thief. I- <laughs> I literally wrote that and then walked into the next room and told my wife I just wrote the dumbest joke. <laughs> I put it as the title for my article review yeah. because I was just like, here's the deal. Like, you have to throw it in once, right? Uh-huh. Like, I feel like, you know, with some of these villains, like, that's something that would they would totally say in that sort of psychological mind. So I think, you know, throwing just one thing in there, I think, I think really worked because it kind of gives it that. But, you know, you didn't – like, after that, you didn't really, you know, lean into that sort of – uh, dialogue, no, and, and I think and that worked really, well. <laughs> he's a character who would say something like that. He's a character who he's kind of all over the map sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked. But what are no. um, some of the current projects that, that both of you are working on um, that you want to share real quick? I, John, I think you mentioned a couple already. Were there any other ones that you wanted to mention out there? No, no. Just uh, the variant covers for Chasam and. Uh, I think there is some other stuff on Superman or something, and uh, but uh, co- just covers. But the main main project is now covers and interiors, Batman Incorporated. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you, Ed? Uh, yeah. So I'm currently uh, obviously Batman Incorporated, which is going on um, next month. Uh, Batman: The Brave and the Bold launches, which will include uh, Stormwatch stories that I'm writing mm-hmm. uh, with uh, artist Jeff Spokes is drawing them. And uh, for Batman Incorporated fans, uh, Phantom One is actually going to be on the Stormwatch team. Nice. Uh, so this is this is where he he is now um, and going forward for a little while. Uh, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll send you some of the art, John. It's uh, if Ben has an art, it looks good. Um, then over at Marvel, I'm writing Predator right now. Uh, we're doing our second Predator series. I, I wrote one um, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I'm on my second. Uh, and I it just got announced the other day that I'm writing uh, Alpha Flight for Marvel. I saw that, yeah. Uh, well, that will be August, I think, it comes out. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, I am writing a book at AWA called The Sins of the Salton Sea. Mm. Uh, which is sort of a crime slash horror uh, five issue thing mm-hmm. um, that uh, is really hard to talk about. Be- it, it, it just because it uh, it almost uh, it swerves at the end of almost every issue. So what you think it is changes at the end of you know kind of changes at the end of the issue. So going into the next issue, you think it's something else, and then it sort of changes up again. But it's a it's a really exciting book uh, uh, about a heist. Um, gone horribly horribly wrong and uh you know as a result the world may end um <laughs> <so>. <laughs> i'm sorry i was not expecting it to go that dark that quick <laughs> no it's, uh, it goes horribly wrong and, and has huge consequences for everybody on earth uh, no kidding <laughs> well i'm i'm sold like i'm already enticed by this like right. <laughs> that should be Perfect. the tagline for it <laughs> 
Uh, we got uh, CP Smith is drawing that one, and he's been he's been doing great work on that as well. It's got a really cool uh, cinematic style that's, that's kind of not like anything I've seen before. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Great. Well, thank you. So we're going to go into our next segment of the show, and that is uh, the comics that we're reading for this week. And I'm going to start off by sharing what some of the listeners have shared with us, what they're reading. Um, And then once I wrap them up, I will uh, pass it off to you two to share what you're reading. And then I'll also share what uh, I'm reading as well, too. And it can be something that is current, that's that just came out like this week or this past month, or maybe you're reading something that came out years ago. Um, it doesn't have to be something that was recently released. It could just be like whatever is literally on your books, uh, on your end table that you might be reading right now. So, um, to start off with our, uh, community from Comic Watch, our editor in chief, Matt Meyer said currently catching up with, uh, Carnage by Ram V and Alex, um, uh, Packnadal, which I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, Matt said, totally rewriting the book on Marvel's symbiotic uh, serial killer and not to be missed. Tyler Davis said, this week I'm going to try to find the time to read uh, Michelin's Amazing Spider-Man, but will definitely be reading The Last Ronin for the first time. And B-Rat said, I just started uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's action comics run. I'm a big fan of anything involving Mongol and War World, so I hope it's as good as what I've heard about it. So far, I'm in love. Daniel Samper's art is just phenomenal, and I really enjoy what they're adding to the mythology of Superman as well as what defines the Mongol mythology. Um, from our Discord, the, Lumin- the Illuminacasters Discord channel, which, again, if you want to join uh, the Discord, we do have a link in the show notes. Uh, Kim from the ODPH podcast said that he's reading Rogue Son, uh, Perrin Abel's journey into the life and times of Dylan Siegel, uh, heads towards its second art conclusion before a small break for one of 2023's biggest events, Supermassive 2 in May. Matt Martin said, I'm most excited for the next uh, few issues of Radiant Black because it's leading to the Catalyst War event, which is going to be awesome. Joe Loves Comics said, Ultimate Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 2, among other things, which have been a lot of fun so far. And then uh, last on Twitter, Luke W. Henderson said, First volume of Superman, Son of Kal-El, which John did the art for that one. So I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing that. Uh, Luke said, I like how it asks up front why Superman doesn't solve all the world's problems and shows a small flaw in him. This informs all of John's actions as he tries to figure out what his place is in the world as the son of Superman. How does he do better? And then finally, Yancey at Year of the Loser said Superman lost. It's so good. The art can keep up with the story so well. And seeing Superman vulnerable is something of a spectacle, to be honest. So thank you to all those who submitted what they're reading this week. Um, John, why don't we start with you? What comics are you reading this week? Well, I'm reading this week um, The Many Deaths of Lila Star. Yes, I, I just read that. A few weeks ago, because uh, I had an episode where somebody suggested reading that, and I just yeah. read it. Phenomenal. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. From, from Rambi and Felipe Andrade. Um, mm-hmm. I'm reading uh, Do a Powerbomb. I've heard amazing Daniel. things about that. Yes. Daniel, yes, uh, he's great. <laughs> and and uh, I'm, I'm honestly, since maybe all this year, I'm, I'm reading mostly all comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry and the Pirates, Prince Violent, uh, some Moebius stuff, uh, Rick Kirby, Alex Ryman, Flash Gordon, because I, I uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland. I'm, I'm, 
I mean, my nostalgic uh, period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reading all comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, I, I really like this Little Nemo in Slumberland. It's amazing. Yeah. Of Winsor McKay from 1915 or something. Uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Ed? Yeah. Uh, so right now, uh, my like sort of my pull list, the things I'm reading on a regular basis is uh, Nice House on a Lake, uh, which has been great. Uh, saga, uh, mm-hmm. which I feel like everyone's reading. Uh, <laughs> Something's Killing the Children. Um, I'm reading the Reckless books by Brew Baker and Sean Phillips, which have been in, uh, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forge, which is a new book from uh, Greg Rucka and Mike Henderson and uh, blanking on the second writer who I know and I'm going to feel terrible as soon as I get off this call. <laughs> uh, but it's a really cool sort of space um, space drama. Yeah. Uh, reading Batman, obviously. <laughs> uh, and I just picked up um, the Hard Boiled, uh, Jeff Darrow, Frank Miller, uh, a book which I for some reason have never read before, so uh, they re-released it. So I picked up a copy mm-hmm. uh, to give it a read, and I just picked up some older authority trades that I'll be making my way through as well. Nice, there you go. <laughs> I I've um, heard all those things about those books. I I have actually not read a single one of those, like like uh, Saga and all of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's um uh, I I will say I've tried to read Saga. I think once in the first. I, I don't know if it was just like the day I read it, like it just wasn't hidden for me, but like so many people are saying so many great things about saga that I probably need to give it another chance. So, <laughs> um, for me, I am going to be picking up at least this week when it comes out, um, Darkwing duck from dynamite comics, which I absolutely love because it's pretty much everything that you want, uh, in a nostalgia <laughs> cartoon show in a comic book form. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's a, it's just been great overall. Uh, I'm planning on getting Nightcrawlers number three, which has been really good from the Sins of Sinister storyline that's coming out from X-Men with like the, you know, 20 other stories that they have going on Um, from Image Comics. uh, No one number two uh, by Kyle Higgins, which I am enjoying that. And then I'm also going to be reading um, Batman Superman World's Finest Volume one, specifically because we'll be doing a review of that for our next episode next week with um, our guest reviewer uh kevin rossi who's from comic watch as well too so uh i have not read any of the world's finest stuff before so this will be my first one and i've heard nothing but great things about this current run from um mark wade and dan mora so i'm really excited to read that and see how that goes so all right well those are the comics we're reading ed and john thank you very much for coming on the show before i let you go why don't you tell us where we can find you and your work online uh john why don't you go first Okay. Yes, I have my um, my page. This is johnteamsart.com. And I'm going slowly back to social media. I have a co- couple of rough years, and I was just taking slowly the whole the whole social media stuff uh, mm-hmm. coming back. But in these weeks, I, I will restart the, the whole stuff on Instagram, the Art of Jotins, and uh, Twitter. And you, Ed? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, just at Ed Brisson. Um, I have a newsletter that I send out. I'm trying to send it out once a month uh, where I sort of send, you know, updates on what I'm doing and sort of sneak peeks and all that sort of stuff. 
which people can subscribe to by just going to my website, which is edbrisson.com, and then click on the newsletter tab, and there you go. Just subscribe. Uh, and, you know, if you want to see photos of, like, my cat and <laughs> food I cook, uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, which is ed underscore brisson. Uh, it's the only social media where another Ed Brisson got in there before me and got the name. <laughs> the guy's only posted one thing like 11 years ago. It hurts. Um, anyway, uh, those are the two big uh, places. I, I know people add me on Facebook, but I'm trying to sort of keep it to, to Twitter and Instagram right. uh, for the most part. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you both again very much. I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thanks oh, for thank having you. me. And that wraps up another episode of The Caps of Life. I hope you enjoyed listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caps of Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout-out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsandlife.com. Caps and Life.